the best co-host in the biz, let me tell you. So, uh, I drove from Seattle to Golden yesterday from the All-Star break. They closed the Highway 1. We wanted to get back to Calgary, but uh, not an option. But we made it. I'm very excited to tell you all about it. And Adam has uh, spent the day moving. Yes. This is, this is quiet. I need this louder. Where's my mic adjustments here? We're in the seventh inning audio check. Oh, what's over there? Okay. Nope. That's worse. That is worse. All right. Hello. Hello. I sound I so deep. Mm-hmm. And delayed. For anyone who has seen the podcast, you know that this is normally how our audio checks go. In fact, it's pretty good that we're doing it now and not literally three quarters of the way through the show, which is the, uh, <laughs> normally the way we do it. Yeah, so. All right, All right. how's this? this? No. That's no. okay. okay. I don't know. Here, let me see if moving this back a bit helps a little, maybe. I don't know. Loud noises. I sound drunk. The delay is going to mess with me tonight. Okay. I feel like it was not like this earlier. I feel like I should just turn my mic off and speak with confidence. Yeah. We just you know what? Is that crazy, guys? Would it do you guys just want to get closer? We'll just yell louder. Like, is this gonna annoy every fucking one? This sound. What do you think of this? Is this better? Do you feel like we're in a live intimate podcast here now? This is better. This is better? All right. I would still like to hold the mic. <laughs> Can I hold the mic? It's a comfort thing. <laughs> Did we just turn this off? Yeah. Do you want me to? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, now I feel good. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, I need a table. Okay. Table. Okay. So to start with, I do want to thank you all for coming out again. This is not ideal, but we're going to get through it. We're just talking Blue Jays anyway. It's all good. Okay, we've got lots to get to. We're going to talk Vladdy winning the home run derby. Yes. We're going to talk the Blue Jays taking two of three against the Tigers, which is a very positive spin. (laughs) Rather than bringing up the fact that they went five for 59 in the last two games. We none of us remember that. The All-Star break washed that away. So we will talk that. We'll get into three studs and a dud. We do this every single Friday. Adam combs through the week's best of the Blue Jays and the absolute worst. And then we give the awards out. But this is what we're doing today, something a little different. We're giving out our three studs and a dud for the half season. Ah, very good. Pitcher overload. The workload is becoming a problem with this Blue Jays team. Many of their pitchers are literally on pace for career highs and innings pitched. 
Uh, Injun Ryu on the return. Could this lead to a six-man rotation? Spoiler, yes, it could, but we will get into it. Then we are going to talk the draft, and we'll bring our good friend to the show, Hey Kami from TikTok, who's sitting in the back over there, another Woo! Alberta content creator when it comes to baseball. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Give it up for Hey Kami. So, Adam, uh, to start with, you moved today. <laughs> I moved today. Yeah. Uh, I, I painted my house all weekend. Uh, I built a dog run in my backyard. Uh, my dog can already jump over it, so it's too short. Okay. So I wasted uh, three days of work at about 400 bucks on a fence that's too short to contain my dog. So that's a good start. Uh, I shaved my mullet off in the shower. Saturday night, so you know painting was going well. Right. Uh, <laughs> mental breakdown. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. So, well, your trip to Seattle. Y- your slogan of measure once and then don't worry about it. <laughs> Paying off for you. Right? <laughs> you Seattle was incredible. Uh, the city, if you've never been to Seattle, is absolutely incredible. But on top of that, just like a baseball place to be. Everyone there. There is such history in that town for the game of baseball, and they embrace it so much, and to just be kind of in the mecca of it was very, very cool. Um, We got to see Vladdy win the home run derby. I mean, and I, I know we were kind of talking with some folks here before we even started the show, and they brought up the fact that the home run derby, it's gotten a lot better. And I, I think I agree with that. Like, if you look back at home run derbies of the past, they had their moments, but I think the fact that players want to be involved in it now, you know, there's that big million bucks you can win. All the kids are in it, right? Julio Rodriguez put up 41 bombs in that first round. Like, I am not a Mariners fan, and I would never chant Julio, and by like the 30th bomb, I'm like, Julio, Julio. Like you're just watching a 21-year-old kid do something that 21-year-old kids don't do. I was like, get it out of your system. (laughs) And he did. And he did. Even after he hit those 41 bombs, and I don't know, some folks were worried. I know. Taylor, my wife, was like, oh, no, there's no way Vladdy can beat that. And I was like, he's done. He's gassed. Like, how do you, like, 41 bombs in three minutes? Are you kidding me? Like, how do you even, that's every three seconds. I'm not going to math. We don't need to break down the actual math on that. But very, very impressive. And then to see what uh, Vladdy did was great. The All-Star game was good. But it was, uh, most of us agree, All-Star games, meh. It's fine. It is what it is. It was a pretty slow game. And then any momentum that would happen, they'd start putting the new players in, which is fine, right? Everyone's got to see their guy, but it was a typical All-Star game. But Everyone Seattle was mic'd was up. I like that. Everyone was mic'd up. I didn't know. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> yeah, didn't know. Had no idea. Saw all the clips afterwards. Turns out Bo Bichette, actually kind of funny. Who knew? Took us, what, five years to figure that out? A little bit of a personality. So, Vladdy in the Home Run Derby 2019, most dominant hitter in that Home Run Derby, loses the, the Home Run Derby that got your daughter excited about, about baseball. baseball. Yeah, so I owe it to that. Uh, did not win, won it this year, 
not even close to the most dominant hitter. No. He wasn't. Luis Robert was ridiculous. He I was scary in round one. Like, he was hitting. Like, when he hit 486 feet. Like, <laughs> and then Julio with his 41 home runs. Yeah. There was, Randy Rosarena seemed to be electric as he always is. Yes. And I just, this feels like the first time Randy's ever not broken my heart. Yeah. So that was nice. It was nice to um, cheer for Randy and not curse him. You know? Well, I, I think the, the Vladdy home run derby thing, though, is a nice little microcosm of sports. Yes. Is that you just want that ticket to the playoffs and anything can happen, right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can be the best team in the playoffs and not win it. You can be the best hitter in the home run derby and lose to Pete Alonso because you're tired out. And that, like, I was looking at the home run totals from the second round. I think Vladdy was almost last place. Like, he just kind of threaded his way yeah. through the home run derby. Like, got uh, Julio Rodriguez after he was gassed in the second round and then got Randy at a good time. Like, at no point in that home run derby did I feel like, oh, Vlad is the... Is dominating is this dom- The only thing that he did do was he consistently hit the 440 bonus times. So... He did. Which is good. Is That made the difference the in the finals. That's so. the game, yeah. And, uh... Two-minute rounds in the final round, and he hit the most home runs he had out of all three rounds. So he kind of brought it at the end, which is what you got to do. Brought it at the end. I didn't like that he had to go back-to-back. I think that was a seeding thing. Yeah. But it's still dumb. It's dumb that Randy Rosarina gets 45 minutes off and Vladdy goes back-to-back. So we'll do a little audience participation here. Round of applause if you prefer the home run derby to the actual All-Star game. Does anyone prefer the All-Star game to the home run derby? Crickets. Now they're being quiet. There's one person here who's like, damn it, I was going to say something. (laughs) I don't know. How how do you fix it? The all-star game. You should get rid you of can. it. You get rid of it. Skills competition. I want to see radar guns. I want to see relay races. I want to see guys throw from home plate into center field. Sure. Yeah. As far as they can. <laughs> yeah, throw it as hard as they can. Uh, okay, so that was the exciting, fun stuff we've all watched baseball-wise this week. Now we're going to touch on something that I promised that I wouldn't bring up, but I'm going to. Did you watch? Who here watched that god-awful Detroit no hit. Yeah. yeah? Oh. See? Hard. Yeah, two thumbs down. Did you watch all nine innings? I think it was all nine. I don't know that I watched. That's that's fair. But honestly, like, it was a two-nothing game. So like that's how they keep you hooked, right? It's just like you're like, the Tigers can no hit this team. (laughs) It's the Tigers. They're gonna come back. It's Gosman. They can't constantly screw over Kevin Gosman. Wrong. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. So, the next game, you figure they'd come out strong. They'd be jacked up, right? They just got no hit by the Tigers. That's embarrassing. And then proceeded to put up five hits. And this is where they, you, you put 18 innings, 19 innings of baseball, because it took them the extra inning to win the last one, and they went five for 59. So there are some offensive struggles going on currently for everyone except friend of the show, Danny Jansen, showing up big. Home run derby 2024. 2024, Jano in the derby. 
Switch hit. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, Adley Rushman switch hitting in the home run derby was pretty, super cool. Pretty cool. Super cool. Pretty darn so, cool. Still hate him because he's an Oriole. Yeah, you gotta, really cool. you gotta hate who you gotta hate, right? So right now, the Blue Jays are currently 50 and 41. They're nine games above 500. They are in the wild card. They are above the Yankees, which, yes, you gotta like that. How are you feeling, though? Just about... Just where they are. Do you feel like, when you look forward right now, Adam, this is a playoff team? Playoff team, yes. Okay. I still think we should sell at the trade deadline. <laughs> <laughs> not, like, totally blown. Like, we're not selling every mattress for 10%. But. Okay, this is a hard left turn. Because I didn't have these on the notes, okay. so this is going to throw you under the bus here. Please do. But the St. Louis Cardinals. Boo. <laughs> they might, for the first time in over a decade, strip that team down and start rebuilding. There is, I mean, Goldschmidt is all but gone pretty much as his contract's coming to an end. There's talk Nolan Arenado is on the trade block. Now, this is a completely out there, insane idea, but Ross Atkins in a very similar situation currently to what we saw Alex Anthopoulos in 2015, right? Back against the wall, not a lot of breathing room. He's on the hot seat, and look at what Anthopoulos did on the hot seat. I don't have the same sort of confidence that Atkins can pull off what Anthopoulos did, but I still think he's going to try. So how crazy is the idea of a Jose Reyes for Troy Tulowitzki okay. with some prospects topping it idea where you move Matt Chapman to the cards. Nolan Arenado. With, let's say, I don't know, you might need to include an Aralvis Martinez, but you could probably get it done if you take the money on without moving Tiedemann. It fixes your third base problem, which is looming large. The Jays have nobody in the minor leagues ready to take that third base over. No offense to Addison Barger. He just hasn't shown enough yet to truly think that you can promote a triple-A guy and that he would improve from his numbers down in the minors. So with bringing in Nolan Arenado, yes, you're bringing in a 32-year-old. He's got a few years left. He's got three years left. Two of those years at $35 million each. So you are taking some big bucks off of the payroll for the cards. You're giving them Matt Chapman, which they need, you know, that's the Jose Reyes, right? Like, you're just, I mean, a much better human being, obviously. But, and then, you know, if you're taking on that much money, do you think the cards would be all right with somebody like Aralvis, or do you think they would want to cash in Juan Soto style? Uh, I don't think they would be interested in Matt Chapman at all. I think he does nothing for a team that's, 50 games under 500 right now. He plays third base for the last 40 games. <laughs> wow. I don't think the Cardinals want to tear it down where they're not competitive next year. So, if they're moving on, like, they wouldn't take Chapman unless they're going to re-sign him, and why would they re-sign him when they already have Arenado mm -hmm. for three years? So it doesn't make sense to me. Unless you went, like, super prospect heavy. We're just like, we're going to ship Chapman off to someone else ah. who wants to rent Matt Chapman. I can't That's think of a team right now, but... Not, yeah. 
the New York Yankees, but I don't want to say it. Don't want to say that. Don't want to say I that. Don't want to yeah. say that. Um, yeah. But then you'd have to go prospect heavy. Yeah. Who here? Round of applause if you'd be prepared to lose. Okay, let's start with Aroldis Martinez, and let's say still a couple guys in the top ten prospects. Let's throw in a Semro burst, and maybe a Chad Dallas has to go three prospects. Who would be into losing that for Nolan Arenado? Okay. Because I kind of like this idea. But I, but I will say Aroldis Martinez right now, his value is coming back up because the kid is lighting it up in AA right now. I mean, he, always, he, hit, he hit 30-plus bombs in AA last year at 20 years old. He's going to do the same this year. He's leading double A, and now he's actually hitting above 200, which is, you know, what big leaguers want to do. All right, you've talked me into it. I'm, <laughs> I'm in on Arenado, actually. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get into trade deadline talk and do more of this. We're going to do a mini mailbag afterwards, so if you guys have your comments and questions and want to participate in this, feel free to do so. We will move on now to three studs and a dud, the half-season version. Okay, we will start with the biggest surprise of all, no spoilers, uh, dud. We're going to start with this. Okay. Uh, Alec Manoa. Yeah. We'll just get that right out of the way. Uh, honor- hey, anyone shocked here? <laughs> okay. Uh, honorable mention, mm-hmm. Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. Pains me to say it. Uh, not the biggest Kirk fan. Still pains me to say it. Um, his OPS is like under 700 right now. As much as we like to complain about Dalton Varsho not being offensively potent. Yeah. 645 for Dalton Varsho OPS. Alejandro Kirk, 620. Uh, what happened to Alejandro Kirk? Any thoughts? <laughs> like, what happened to our all-star catcher that had ultimate value last year? Last, last 30 games, Alejandro Kirk, 233 batting average, <laughs> slugging around 500. Last 15 games, 156 batting average, slugging around 350. This is a guy who last year was a huge reason why the Blue Jays made the playoffs. Alejandro Kirk has completely done a face plant. And I don't know what the solution is here. When you look at his, I just wonder, has the league adjusted to him? Like, is this, is this something where he's got to readjust? Or does this run deeper and is there a problem where he started the season late? Congratulations to him on the, the birth of his son, obviously. But then on top of that, he just never really caught up coming into to spring training late. Except that he's getting worse lately. I, I, want, I wanted to blame it on a, a slow absenteeism yeah. from spring training, except that now I, I feel like I can't. Yeah. His baby has fallen. Really? <laughs> Crying baby, that'll do it. Um, I don't know. When Kevin Biggio's offensive numbers make yours look bad, uh, that's not good. I don't know. I'm worried about Kirk. 
I don't think he ever comes back. Really? I think he's. I think this is it. That's Ow. a scary thought. <laughs> yeah. Makes me want Gabriel Moreno in the ranks. Uh, round of applause. Who thinks Alejandro Kirk bounces back and is an offensive threat at catcher ever again? Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. Some toxic positivity. I'm, you know what? I'm going to clap. All right. I, think, uh, All right. I, I don't think he's going to return to what he was in the first four months of last year, which was a ridiculous pace for a catcher. But I do think that he has a 750 OPS in him. Career? Or a single season? Like another season of 750 to 800. I was just looking up Gabriel Moreno's stats, and I already regret it. So <laughs> we're just going to move on to the three studs. Uh, stud number three, Jose Barrios. Pitching with. Yeah. Uh, Gary Gossman's getting all the, the love, but Barrios with a three and a half ERA. Yeah. That's better than I ever thought he could do. He's above his career numbers, which is really all you can ask out of a guy who's played in the league seven years, right? Is- He's putting up a season better than what the back of his baseball card says. That's a win. Especially after last year. Like, <laughs> last year, you, you, you know, you re-up on a guy, you give him a $130 million contract, and then the next year you watch him just <laughs> shit the bed. It's a tough one. Stud number two, Mr. Gossman. As it should be. Yeah. No, as it should be. Uh, Do you think, has Gosman done enough? Is he an ace? Uh, I don't know. It's, ace is a weird term. Mm-hmm. Is, are you a believer that there is an ace on every team? No. Then I don't know if he is. Okay. If you think every team has an ace... He is the ace of our team. Do you guys think he's an ace? Who here thinks Kevin Gosling is a legitimate ace? Yeah? No. Well, he's, he's good. <laughs> Too many duds. Too many dud games. He does come up with a dud here and there. He did get no hit against the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, he did. That falls yes, squarely did. on his shoulders. Yes, that was... Uh, an ace is like 4 out of 5, but he's like, a, you know, a 2.7 out of 5. Like, start, good starts. Yeah. No, he's, he's better than that. Ah, uh, he's better than 2.7 out of 5. He's like a 3.5 out of 5. It's too much. Four out of it's too much. <laughs> Not a believer. believer. All right. Uh, Stud number one, Boba Shed. Yeah, obviously. September Bo! September Bo! Turns out September Bo has been just Bo Bichette all year. I'm glad he's liking his new paychecks. Like, I wonder if that has anything to do with it, eh? Couldn't hurt. Like, it... Maybe they should buy Vladdy, Yeah, and that, that is actually a really good point. Because I was going to bring that up to you. Like, we have watched after... I mean, arbitration... To start with, when they first went to arbitration with Bo in the offseason, he had the widest gap 
of any player in arbitration between what the team thought he was worth and what he thought he was worth. So the team offered him $5 million. He wanted seven and a half. And the way arbitration works is that the arbiter comes in and he picks one number. If they don't meet in the middle, it's one or the other, right? And the only way to go about getting out of that is to actually take the full amount of years left and sign him to that. And that's what the Jays did. So Bo Bichette was locked up for, I think it was 30 some million over three years. Yeah, it worked out to about 11 million a year, which really put him in the upper echelon of the range of guys with three years of arbitration eligibility left, right? So that's putting a lot of confidence in a guy. And I just wonder if, you know, with how Vlad and Bo are such good buds, if Vlad maybe sat there and was a little, felt like his nose cut off a bit. I mean, he's also making $8 million, but. 14 and a half. 14 and a half this year, you're right. There you go. Uh, $8 million last year, so yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is with Vlad. Yeah. It's, uh... it's an interesting thought, though. Like, I do like the idea of, like, maybe if they go to him this offseason and they're like, why don't we give you the Matt Chapman for the next two years? We'll buy out your years. We'll give you 21 mil a year. I mean, I'd rather see them just go sign him for 250 million in 10 years if you can get him at that after a down season, but I don't think you can. I don't think he picks up a phone call for. Another Contract year extension. for another year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah after I mean, this season, he's like, ah, we'll, see we'll the talk next, three next months year. Old, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Which, by the way, is scary because if that's the case, and then he's going to wait till one more good year. Now he's only one more year away from free agency. So yeah. why would you take a phone call then? Bo Bichette has exceeded all of my expectations for this year. Uh, yourself. Defensively, yeah. Did, were you Offensively, a... I knew he could do this. Yes. I didn't think he'd lead the team in home runs, but I also think it's only 15. I mean, he's been good enough defensively this year that people have stopped screaming from the mountaintops to put him at second base. So that is something, right? <laughs> uh, average defensive shortstop. That was my big, bold prediction <laughs> at the beginning of the year, by the way, was that Bo Bichette would be an average defensive shortstop, and I'm really... I, we won't talk about all the shit predictions I've made, but that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what was that? Chapman and Bochette. Yeah. Bullshit. Chapman, a platinum glove winner, right? Which is like the best defensive player in the league to get the platinum. You know, three-time gold glove winner. And he has the same amount of errors as Bochette. Pretty not, good. Not too shabby. Bobochette. Bobochette. Number one stud. stud. Uh, honorable mention, Danny Jansen. Yeah. He's, the power's I still mean, there. That's all I, could, that's all I asked for. Uh, the guy's going to play. He's missed some time from injuries. Yeah. He's going but, to miss a month of the season, and he'll hit 20 home runs. He actually could hit, like, I... This is a long shot, but I think Danny Jansen has 30 home run season in him, in him at one point. Yeah. I'm with you there. He's got to stay healthy. He does. I mean, health is, yeah. I think he could get 25 if he's healthy the rest of this season. 
30's not happening. No, 30's season. not happening. I mean, it's not this season. Be not this season. I mean, I'm all for it. Go ahead and do it, Danny. But. <laughs> he, can, he can do 25 this year. Yeah. If he's healthy for the rest of the way. Yeah. Danny Jansen, showing power and sticking around. It's good. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm going to read you a list of names right now, okay? And this list of names is on pace for career highs in innings pitched. And this is Blue Jays pitchers. Kevin Gosman, Chris Bassett, Yusei Kikuchi, Jordan Romano, Trevor Richards, Eric Swanson, Tim Meza, Nate Piercing. <laughs> Literally the whole bullpen and your top three starting pitchers, as crazy as that is. I mean, Barrios isn't on pace to break his innings record because he always pitches almost 200 innings. So, I mean, that is a, that is a heavy work pitching staff, and it is concerning. This is the six-man talk. So this is the six-man talk. Hinjin Ryu should be returning sometime early August. If that is the case, do you see them going to six-man? Yeah. They have to, right? Yeah. The benefits of, of putting Ryu in there, even if you can only get four or five innings out of him, is that you can stop burning Trevor Richards at both ends. Like, he's a candle that they're just, like, firestorming right now. He's just a big lump of wax. Like, I, it is insane the amount of work Trevor Richards has gotten. And, I mean, I'm, I mean, knock on wood, he stays healthy and all that because he has been, like, who predicted Trevor Richards to be the bullpen savior this year in 2023? I think we were both saying DFA candidate in <laughs> Literally. Literally. Like hot seat Trevor Richards. Yeah, like, Trevor Richards. It's Trevor Richards. Or, this year, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Trevor Richards. Yeah, six man feels necessary because everyone's been overworked. So... The biggest concern, too, is if you look at the most high-leverage guys in this Blue Jays bullpen, it is Eric Swanson, it is Tim Meza, it is Nate Pearson, and it is Jordan Romano. So, if your top high-leverage guys are being worked at an all-time high, it is a slippery slope. And I don't like to bring up the... uh, elephant in the room, but I mean, there's a lot of good arguments to be made that the reason Alec Manoa has had the troubles he's had this season was an insane innings increase from 2022 to this season, right? 111 pitches, sorry, 2021 to 2022. So 111 innings pitched in 2021 with the wild card game. He pitched 202 innings last year. So that is an almost 85% increase in innings when the average inning increase that you like to see that organizations are aiming for is around 20 to 25%. That is a major increase. And we don't need to get into Alec Manoa. We all know the struggles he's going through and he had a very good it's like when you live somewhere with like one flight of stairs and then you move to a new place with like four flights of stairs. 
And you're like, this is just too many stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that one. Yes, yes. All of a sudden you're like, this is an absurd increase in stairs. <laughs> Yeah, six man. Hey, Tommy just moved. The joke is here. Hey, Tommy <laughs> just moved to a new place and it has four flights of stairs and he's currently on the IL. <laughs> okay, so there's been a lot of talk lately about the Blue Jays farm system. And the fact that maybe last year, I think it hit a lot of us fans pretty hard when. A lot of uh, other organizations, general managers, came out anonymously and kind of were like, yeah, the Blue Jays, we just don't, they don't really have anyone we're after outside of that very top prospect that is Ricky Tiedemann, right? So they got like the one golden goose and then not a lot else. And that's not necessarily the case, okay, because the Vancouver Canadians are literally the best team in the Pacific Northwest as a high A team right now and the Blue Jays have a pile of talent down there. They just took a 17-year-old Arjun Namala in the first round this year which is a very bold draft, right? Like to pick a 17-year-old the sky is the limit and I love the pick. And the fact that everyone's big thing is saying a 17-year-old is going to stick at shortstop is pretty uh, pretty promising, right? Like, at 17, most of the time, you see a 17-year-old shortstop and everyone's like, he'll play third, right? So it is cool to see that, but the talent on this Jays team is in the lower minors and Ricky Tiedemann up top. Unless, and I mean, you always see, you, you could see an Addison Barger, you could see somebody like Spencer Horowitz, friend of the show, you could see someone like that, 24, 25, taking another step forward. But, um. Is this, is this the draft talk? This is, is the this draft the talk. Material? No, this is the okay. draft talk, but I, I, I was going to bring up the trade part too, because as we see guys like friend of the show, Chad Dallas, who. Has, I mean, Baseball America is going to release their top 100 prospects, and my guess is Dallas gets in there. He has literally been lighting it up in Vancouver. He got the bump to New Hampshire and did not slow down. So that is fantastic to see. But my question to you is, were you disappointed to see them go quite so young with that first draft pick, knowing that there's already a pretty good wait till some of these guys are ready? I don't know even what to say about the draft. Yeah. It's such a crapshoot. It is. It really is, especially picking 20th overall. Um, baseball, more than any other sport, is such a developmental process. Like, there's no one that gets drafted and then is helping your team that year. Mm -hmm. It's also weird that it's, the draft is mid-season. Yeah. I was at the draft, by the way. <laughs> well... I didn't stay and watch it, but I walked out of the thing and was like, oh, this is where they're going to name a bunch of kids I haven't heard of and then not see for five years. <laughs> like like the Blackhawks draft Connor Bedard. Right. He's going to... Carry that franchise tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Second line center, yes. day one kind of a thing, right? 
Uh, it's hard to get excited about Arjun Namala and 2028. Right? This is my point. Yes. Right? It's like, ooh, maybe <laughs> if everything goes right and we don't trade him by then, he'll be good. Yeah. I just kind of don't care. Yeah. And that's the problem with the baseball draft. I know they're trying to make it a thing, incorporate it into the All-Star Weekend, but, like, I could care less. Yeah. I got to agree. Even if he pans out, it probably won't be for the Jays. I like, got to agree. Best-case scenario, he crushes in the minor leagues this year, next year, and then we trade him to the Diamondbacks for something decent <laughs> in return. Sorry, that was just too soon. Diamondbacks, too soon. My bad. Um, but yeah, that's... I was hearing talk of like, oh, well, they just drafted the heir apparent for when Bulba leaves. And like, he's so much further than three years away, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully... Yeah. Okay. We don't need to get into who's leaving in 2025. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm going to read you a little stat here, and then uh, we're going to bring up our good buddy Joel here. So the Jays have scored, and this is a crazy stat to me because it doesn't feel this way at all. But the Toronto Blue Jays have scored two or fewer runs in 24% of their games so far. It feels like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 2022, it was 23%. In 2021, it was 25%. So they're literally just producing the same way they have for the last three years, which didn't feel that way. I really thought that it was going to be a, you read that 24% and then they give the 2021 and 2022 stat and I would be like, oh man. Just like, I can't believe how few runs they're scoring. But it's really right on pace. But our good friend of the show, fellow Edmontonian, hey, Kami, welcome to the stage, Joel. Because Joel can break this down and show you that they are actually scoring fewer runs. Woo! Let's see if I have enough voice for this. Oh, look at that. All right, booming. <laughs> booming. Um, yeah, that was an Andrew Stoughton tweet. Yeah, that right? was a Stoughton tweet. Um, he says that the team is producing two or fewer runs 24% of the time this year, comparable to 23% last year, 25% yeah. the year before. Um, the league as a whole is scoring 9% more runs than they did last year, so by staying exactly the same, you're actually producing 9% less. So by saying that you're the same, everybody else is producing that much more. So by staying the same, nobody else is staying the same, everybody else is producing more. Arizona actually has a 9% increase. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shut doubt up, that. Shut up. <laughs> but like an, an interesting stat would be uh, Bo Bichette, okay? Three years ago, Bo Bichette, he scored 0.76 runs per game, 122 runs over the entire season, okay? Last year, he scored 0.58 runs per game, which was 90 over the course of the season. This year, the best year of the three, he's only gonna score 0.51 runs per game. So that's down 33% from two years ago, but he has produced, he's playing better. He's in the same spot in the lineup, but he is scoring 30% runs less than he was two years ago. But that's Vladdy's fault, right? 
it's pretty much everybody behind him. Yeah, it's pretty much everybody behind Bo, really. It's, it's the lack of a four-hole hitter, a five-hole hitter, somebody who comes in, slugs 480, bats 260, and knocks in runs. You have a Joe Carter card? Yeah. You got a Joe Carter card from Cleveland yeah. in like 1990? That, that would be a lovely player to have on this team. Somebody who knocks <laughs> in 106 runs, comes up to the plate, looks to drive the ball, isn't really caring about the walks, somebody who is a natural run producer. He's too old. Yeah, Joe Carter might not do it now, <laughs> but somebody along his lines. Oh, so you mean 1990, Joe oh, Carter? Oh, yeah. That, well, oh, yeah that was 93 was okay. 93 was fine. 93 wasn't too bad. I would take 93, Joe Carter, yeah. yeah. So then, this is the problem right now, I think, is that the Blue Jays lack a cleanup hitter. Yes. They lack someone who is going to hit bombs. And I mean, you know, this is the thing, is... When Miami came to town, and the Blue Jays took care of Miami, took in two or three. Um, actually, they did that. They went to Miami. Never yes. mind. They went to Miami, and they took two or three. But then Jorge Soler comes up to the plate, and it, it shows his home run total of 21. Mm. And I was like, Soler's hitting 21 home runs? Like, he's, he's eight ahead of Bo Bichette. Like, it, it just was mind-blowing to see, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when the Jays used to have a bunch of guys like that, and I don't know if that's what I want, you know, because in the offseason, I was like, this team's got to get better defensively, and they are. They're way better defensively, and I know defensive metrics are a difficult one to actually get a, a hold on here, but when you look at defensive runs saved, this is by position. So the Blue Jays at center field, 23. Insane. Defense. That is that is literally insane. Insane. And that is number one in Major League Baseball by a lot. Okay. Okay. And then you go catcher is at eight defensive runs saved. Left field is at seven. Third base is at seven. Shortstop is at one. So Bobochet is even. Right field minus three because Springer continues to age. Pitcher is minus three, second base minus five, first base minus five. So for the most part, the Jays have taken some big step forwards with some decreases in areas you wouldn't have expected, like your gold glove first baseman. Yeah. Let's, so let's compare Kiermaier and Varsho to Lourdes and Teo, okay? Kiermaier and Varsho bring you 30 DRS, 30 defensive runs saved is what they've said, okay? But at the same time, Varsho has been put in positions where he has left 160 runners on base while only knocking in 18. He's knocked in 30, but 12 home runs means he's knocked himself in 12 times. So he has knocked in 18 runners of 180 potential. He knocks in 10% of the runners that he sees on base, whereas Teo knocks in 23% and Lourdes knocks in 33%. So when you compare Lourdes and Teo, and their defensive numbers and all of that, you add all that together, you add Kiermaier and Varsho together, it's 55 runs of differential. That's 55 runs of differential that they've sacrificed from those two players being in the lineup. So that's, we're plus 35 right now. We would be on the verge of plus 90 fighting for the division if those two players were in our lineup, knocking in the runs that they knocked in. So it's, it's, it's tough to me because I look at the numbers and I go, 
the Phillies didn't make it by putting amazing fielders out there. They put Schwarber out there, they put Castellanos out there, and they slugged their way to a World Series. Joel, do you think that this was an over-correction It was like by one of them. One of them would have been office. perfect. Yeah. One of them would have been perfect. You bring in Kiermaier as a fourth outfielder, and you move your outfielders, you know, you give Springer a day off, you move him to right field when you want to, but Kiermaier's there to take a bulk of the defense, but you still keep Teo, who knocks 25 home runs, Lourdes, who hits 280. Like, Lourdes, it was so... Lourdes is a tough situation, too, because this is a guy who we lost a year of eligibility because of the contract we signed. We signed, it, we signed him for five years but have six years of eligibility and then we lost a year of eligibility because of the contract that we signed so we lost a year we had after his contract was done we should have had him for another year of arbitration right asterisk we did gain a year of control on alec manoa this season interesting that's okay that's that's I mean, if there's any silver lining i guess that is kind of a silver face plant that is it there you go <laughs> he lost a year of control or eligibility yeah. towards his free agency so lost right. his super two status super two, exactly. so there you go i guess that has nothing to do with this yeah. but it's just what all i'm all i was saying was that i think moving two of your corner outfielders who are on walk years after the yankees and their corner outfielder pretty much got them to the postseason last year, right, on a walk year, right? But you give up on two slugging outfielders who have silver slugger potential in their bats, and you realize maybe one of those guys can go, and we can get a little bit of defensive replacement out of a Kiermaier as a free agent. But to give up both was literally sacrificing the middle of the lineup. And by the way, like, I love Dalton Barsha. Like, I, I really do. Like, if we could have gotten Dalton Barsho and kept Lourdes. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was really interesting because, I mean, it's not like Adam and I were just so incredibly blown away that Mark Shapiro agreed to come on the podcast that it's, we're not journalists, right? So we were pretty, pretty softball. You've softball. seen our sound check. We yeah. are not You've professionals. You've seen our sound check. You understand what you're dealing with here. <laughs> But there was, there was a moment where we were asking him about the trade, and the one thing he was very upfront about was he said, straight up, he's like, we wanted to do this trade and not include Lourdes, and it couldn't get done without him. Yeah. That's, that, that's tough, because... And it is a rock and a hard place, because they are expiring contracts. And, 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 so... Before you get off on the rails here, okay. my question is, we were just, I was just in Seattle, Oscar Hernandez, obviously, FaceTiming with Vladdy at the Home Run Derby. Now, the Mariners, definitely not at the point yet where I think we could straight up call them sellers, but let's be serious, I think they're going to be in the middle of sellers and buyers like they were last season. Can you see a scenario where we can trade Adam Mako for for Teoscar Hernandez to come back and be the the cleanup hitter we need? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be just something? That would be. I, I don't know what what the case is. We need that. We need a le- a right-handed bat because the interesting aspect of things with the left-handed bats is that 
you need to take them out when there's a left-handed on the mount. Like you're never in a position where Teo had to be taken out or pinch hit for. Same thing with Lourdes. You never had to pinch hit for these guys. So it's a situation where you bring in left-handed balance, but it actually doesn't make you, it doesn't provide you the depth that you thought you were gonna get. You have to make actually more moves in game when situations, situations arise at the plate. And that doesn't give you depth. It, it deeps, you have to dive into your bench and you have to use more players and the players that you have on the bench don't really service the needs that you have of a, of a, a pinch hitter, especially a right-handed bat to come off and pinch hit late. So um, yeah, it's, if we could get tail back, that, that, would, be, that would be magical, I, I admit. And, and my, my, the thing with Varsho is that, like you said, it's the trade, it's how he's acquired. It's how he's weighed against the players that went out. It's not like if Dalton Varsho was acquired, he was a member of the Blue Jays and he was brought up internally through the Blue Jays and used as like a fourth outfielder and used to the best of his abilities, you wouldn't think of him as the guy who on the other end lost you Moreno and lost you Lourdes, right? So it's, it's not so much a, a, a perspective of a player, it's what you paid to get that player. And, and, and I, I, you know what? It is really tough to blame the front office, in my opinion, on this one. And the reason for that is how do you expect, like, if you just look at Alejandro Kirk last year, mm -hmm. that's your guy. Yeah. So you, you move Moreno with this mindset of you got this kid, okay, who has done nothing but performed since the moment you called him up from a ball to play in 2020. And I know the 2020 60 game season put a big asterisk all you want, but like he was there playing, catching in the playoffs for them. Catching in the All-Star game. Catching in the All-Star game. Catching Mar um, Alec Manoa in the All-Star game. Catching a Cy Young, like third in Cy Boy, Young yeah. votes. Right, like, how do you, ex like, and, and listen, I'm not even, I, I have, I really liked this Akin Shapiro front office, and I am really not liking them anymore. But I did believe this offseason that this wasn't a god-awful trade. Like, I really thought it was a decent trade. I did think the Jays overpaid but I thought it was acceptable because they had two very good catchers in Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk, and that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, and like Kirk, we, we had Kirk in a position where he was our four-hole hitter for a chunk of last year. He was literally our cleanup hitter. Yeah. And you know, um, we, we got in a situation where Springer's slowly starting to deteriorate, and he might project more down in the lineup as, uh, instead of leadoff. But it's a situation where you move two guys who I believe with Lourdes and Teo can at any time hit in the top five. They can hit top five in your lineup. Whether you have an injury and you need to move somebody up, they can hit anywhere there from, from day to day. They're not, you know, is, is Lourdes a legitimate three-hole hitter? No, but if you've got, you know, a, an injury day and you want Lourdes to hit third, that's fine. You're not so pissed off about that. But when you lose both of them, guys who literally slot in as four and five in your lineup, and then you bring in guys like, like I like Brandon Belt, but athletically, Brandon Belt can't take four athletic strides without his hamstrings blowing up. It's just the absolute truth. I love the guy, he cannot stretch a single into a double, a double into a triple. His slugging is based off how he hits the ball and runs to first, and that's about it. So Brandon Belt, 
By the way, Alejandro Kirk in extra innings on second base and the only option on the bench, Brandon Belt, and they were like, eh, they'll probably stick with Kirk. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't make my point any better than that. Um, and it's, it's a weird situation where you bring in speed. You bring in the concept of speed. You are going to be a, a faster team. We've got Kiermaier, we've got Whit Merrifield, we've got Varsho. But when you've got a lineup that has Kirk and Belt in it at the same time, that is the two slowest guys in all of baseball countering a, a, a push towards speed. So it's, it's kind of like how... Oh, you know, Kiermaier's on base. Oh, what's in front of him? Oh, it's Kirk. Well, okay. You know, we're playing station to station. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation where you try to make a move for the new baseball regime that we're seeing with stolen bases and the bigger bags and less pickoff moves. But when you've got two guys who are legitimate in your lineup that you really, when you're succeeding, they're succeeding, but they're so incredibly slow, how can you take that true shift towards double steals and being that speed team, right? So it's, it's interesting. It's a, what? Luckily, when Belt and Kirk aren't on the base paths, the Jays are seamless. Absolutely. Now, this, this, this is a very... Un- yeah, we've gone really negative, that. eh? This is a really uh, unsexy pushback, but years of control for Dar- Dalton Varsho is a factor. It, 100% is a factor. We... Yeah, Varshow will pay We off. have him for I, I four more that. this year plus three more. Yeah. Pay Oscar's old as fuck. 30. 32. Is he? He's 32. I think he's... I think he's 32 and getting older the way Springer's getting older. I bet you by next season, the offense evens out. And by, by year three or four, but Varshow is a better now. No, it's not. Nothing it is a trade for now. But it was if you're, you're if you're a team that is a wild card team and aspiring to be a division winner, you can't just put blinders on and say we're only going to worry about 2023 and f- totally fuck yourselves for for signing Bo and Vlad. You can't. Yeah, but we signed. We, we how many endless signings have we made to to kind of ruin that already? All of them end when their free agency comes. Okay, but Everybody, what team do you have? For them to stick around to play with. Who cares? It's three years from now. I'm saying, you want to just focus on one year that matters, and I'm saying three, and you're saying, well, who's after three? You won't even give me after one. You're saying one matters. Well, I I, I won't trade players that legitimately produce for the hope that players will produce in year two and three, the way that we did with Kikuchi. And, oh, he's producing this year, but pretty much cost us the division last year. Like, I, I, I won't make trades where... You're sacrificing a four-hole hitter for a guy who cannot hit a fastball over 94 from either side of the plate, for righties or lefties. Righties or lefties. You throw a 94-mile-an-hour fastball up here to Varsho, he cannot hit it. I don't think Vladdy can hit that this year either. Biggio. Okay. Biggio <laughs> is the... Yeah. Weirdly enough. Bizarro two- world. Yeah. yeah. Weirdly yeah. enough, we've got Biggio who is fighting for that spot. And we're having to competitively put in Biggio in the lineup. We saw it over the last six, seven games. Varsho is seeing the bench now. And who's getting in there? It's, it's Biggio. Because Biggio, over the last 30 games, has about a 750 OPS. Varsho has a 120 batting average. In his last seven games, he's one for 21 with a bunt. He's one for 21 with a bunt base hit. It was a nice bunt. It was nice, a nice bunt. Nice to have someone that could bunt. It actually got us a win. 
Yeah, you sure. Can. You, can't you can't get, get on first, though. <laughs> <laughs> you can get on base. Like, and I, I, I wonder when it comes to the next few years, like what this team does at the trade deadline. Uh, and we'll, we'll open the floor up here. Is there anybody that any of you have your sights on at the deadline? Like, is there a player that you're just like, he's going to be available, he's going to fix some of the problems and you, with this team? You can't say Shohei Otani. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he isn't going to cost you the entire farm. Yeah. <laughs> But like two months of him, right? Wouldn't it? You'd always be able to wear that Otani blue jersey. I would, right? I would. I would. <laughs> Just for two months. I would. It's the greatest rental in the history of baseball. You know? <laughs> Any thoughts, anybody? Like, I don't think that's legitimate. Because that's, that's one of the things is like I look at this market and I'm like, I, I, I really don't know what would fix the Blue Jays. And I don't think the Jays are broken. I just don't look at them as a team that unless they get unless they pull a Phillies which happens right yeah. like it can happen like, but to bet on it this nine wins over nine games over 500 this is not a this, this is a team that that is in it yeah right they're absolutely yeah, in it yeah. Yeah. yeah okay <laughs> okay which is a very good point yeah even that's if true. the Yankees have all sorts of excuses that's true but they do every year they every year every year just a You've just seen runs from teams this year, like the Cincinnati Reds went on an insane run. And I feel like we're a better team than the Cincinnati Reds. We're in a situation where this year... Yeah. We're, we're in a situation this year where the schedule is so... Like, we just came off of White Sox for three games. We came off Detroit for three games, right? Normally, on any other year, you'd be going through Baltimore and Tampa Bay to end that All-Star break, right? Because of the... The, the shifted schedule this year, right? So this is a year I feel like we're not, I don't feel like we're as competitive as last year. I don't feel like we're as competitive as the year before. But I feel like the, our schedule makes up for that. So our schedule, being lighter, gives us that opportunity to have a run against Kansas City, Detroit, Oakland, go eight and one, put yourself in a really, really good position. And then who knows what happens when it comes down to three starters in, in the postseason, right? And I'm so curious what this team's plan is for third base. Because I, really, I got a really funny text from a buddy of mine. He's an Oakland fan. Just my heart breaks for the guy. But his text was, are you worried that the A's can't develop a third baseman fast enough? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a great. Uh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a that's good great. That's... Yeah. So. Okay. So I want to just explain again where I'm at with the Blue Jays should be sellers yes. at the deadline. It is not like uh, let's get rid of Bo or Vladdy or anything crazy. But if this team is to go on a, a playoff run this season, we need our big boys to be big boys. Yeah. Or. We need a major addition. I don't think we have the capital to go and get a major addition. I don't think we're getting Juan Soto. I don't think we're getting Shohei Otani. So, we just need Vlad to be amazing in the second half, which he can be. He could. 
He did just win the home run derby. Maybe that's the catalyst. But April Matt Chapman would be a nice return as well, okay? Anyways, if those guys are just being the big boys we need them to be anyways, then I think if we do it and we don't have Tim Mesa, I don't think Tim Mesa is the difference between us missing the playoffs if Vladdy is being Vladdy and if everyone is doing what they're doing. So that's where I'm like, maybe we could trade Trevor Richards, who's having a career year. Yeah. And bullpen pieces are volatile. Like, maybe we can just go out. You're getting the replacement with Chad Green. Hopefully, right? You're playing. Chad Green is returning, which is going to be a big boost. And Ryu could really help this team. Yeah. Although, betting on a guy, a thir- betting on a 35-year-old coming up with Tommy John surgery is a real roll of the dice. But I think you have to play it like that, though. Yeah. You have to play like those pieces are going to come back and contribute and then deal what you can deal now to make your team better. And then hopefully when those pieces come back, that gives you six, seven really, really competitive weeks to get you where you need to be in the playoffs. So, Adam, um, did you have any other guys that you feel – because we're going we're gonna to open the floor up here to you folks now. We're going to do a mini mailbag if you got anything you want to talk about, any questions, comments, stuff like that. We'll get to that in just a second here. I'll let Adam finish his thought on if there's other guys you would move. Like, I know you brought up a couple weeks ago the thought of... It's a long list. Maybe Matt Chapman. Maybe Matt Chapman. I don't want to get rid of everybody on my list, but there's a list of like 11 guys I would take phone calls on. Yeah. And I would be willing to get rid of two or three people. And I mean, this is something Seattle did last year, right? They moved on from some guys. You're like, why are they selling... And then they wound up. I just think we need our, our we need our big boys to be big boys to make a run anyways this year. Yeah. And then if that's the case, and they are, not having Trevor Richards isn't going to break the team. If we are banking on Ryu's going to be a contributor, like yeah. Do I think Tim Mesa is going to have a ERA under two next season or ever again for that matter? No. I That's think actually a very good point. But my question is, what can you get for a triple? I'd take a triple A arm that's close, that maybe is depth for next year realistically as a starter, or is like a trade chip for next trade season yeah. when hopefully everyone's just good from the jump. And then it's like, boy, I'm sure glad we have that 100-mile-an-hour guy in triple A that we can trade and turn into the third baseman or whatever the case may yeah. be. That we could trade to the Rays and... Turn that into a third right. baseman, and they turn into a Cy Young. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> call, call the Rays, see who they want, realize that those are the guys you can't trade. Yeah, and then go yeah, that's there. right, that's <laughs> right. Call the Rays, mix the deal once they've told you who they want. Then you know who's really good, and, and you really can't get trade. to develop those guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Well, number one, honestly, thank you so very much for coming out. Thank you very much for putting up with our lack of sound. Do we have anyone who wants to add a comment, bring up a subject, anything you guys want to talk about? The floor is yours. Jay Jackson. Jay Jackson, interesting. What is your thought on him? Why do they keep putting down? Jay Jackson is 
like uh, old friend of the show. Matt Gage. Matt Gage, yeah. Like Matt Gage last year. I was like, why do they keep sending this guy down? I think it's just options. I think yeah. there's yeah. guys with options, though. Yeah. Simmer has options. Simmer can, Simmer can turn down an option over service time. So he has all three options if he has service time. That's, that's and I mean, Adam Simber right now is, is on the IL. Yeah. He's going to be non-tendered for sure. Yeah. You, th- you think he'll be full on non-tendered, eh? 100%. Yeah. Great trade candidate, Adam Simber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's available. <laughs> <laughs> He'll go back to Miami and be a stud. Close out the World Series for the Rays. Uh, my mailbag question for you is: Alec Manoa, how's that being handled? Yeah. Um, so number one. I hated that they brought him back up, and I'm so glad that it worked out the way it did. I mean, Alec Manoa, six innings, one run, right? Against the Tigers. Soft landing, soft landing. I'm aware it's against the Tigers, and I think that was part of the calculus thought process and, and the, the calcul yeah, the calculus, yeah. Uh, you know. I don't know when it comes to Alec Manoa. Obviously, there's still a lot of stuff to go on with him. This is not a done... His, him being fixed isn't done, right? Like, there is a long way to go here, but you know what? Giving the kid a little bit of confidence against the Tigers... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do you think he stays on the big club the whole rest of the season? I think he has to, right? Does anyone feel like this... Like, at this point, and this is my fear is that bringing him up when they did, if he just falls on his face again, and they need to do something, and their Ryu is doing, like, how can they send him down again? Like, you're gonna crush the kid. Their staff isn't young, so, like, even with Ryu coming back, they need their rest. See, Gosman's number Yeah, yeah, like, they need Manoa. Yeah. Or they need to go out and get a pitcher. That's the only way I can defend this Manoa move, is like, if Atkins is just like, okay, well, we got to see what we got. He's either fixed or he's not. And if he's not, we got to go make a move. Yeah. Well, you brought up a very good and a very interesting point. Did I? I don't know if we were even had hit record we, we were, when we were talking. And you said, I'm judging Ross Atkins on how Alec Manoa is handled by the end of the season. If Alec Manoa is a mess come the offseason, Atkins is done. Done in my books. He might, still might not be, but he might, still might not be yeah. done. But I've been an Atkins believer and a defender of Atkins yes. for three seasons of this podcast, yeah. at least. I know. But me too. I am starting to <laughs> wane. Seeping in, though. Yeah. yeah. There are uh, definitely some things that need to be done. So, uh, anybody else? Any other topics? Ben. Um, I I don't know if it's still like this. I just trying to understand. So. When I last went to Ben's Altamar show, he, he had a 2.0 war, and compared to Lourdes, he had 1.5. I was like, how does that But the reason that Dalton Bar show has such a high wins above replacement is that he is an absolute stud in the field. So they're really... Yeah. And Lourdes has been hitting like 140 for the last two well, it's, months. Well, it's, it's weird because are you looking at baseball reference or are you looking at fan graphs? 
Because on uh, Fangraphs, it's 0.7. On Baseball Reference, it's 2. So it's an interesting comparison that a guy could be on pace for 4.5 war, but he could also be on pace for 1.4 war, right? So even in the war communities, they don't know how to figure out what they're They're warring. Yeah, they're warring in the war communities, exactly. One of them used to be there. Yeah. That's, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I interesting graphs. I, I usually use F four, so yeah. Good question. Yes. Sorry. How would you change up the batting order? Okay, so I've taught. I love this question because I, I absolutely we can go around the floor and see how everyone would line up the batting order, but I want, we don't have a cleanup here. So put George Springer in the four hole. He's 33 years old, and listen, he is one of the best, best leadoff hitters of all time. He just hit second for home runs of leadoff hitters, and he has done nothing but be the guy in that hole. But maybe it's time for this dude who hits for power, who still has legs on him, who is good with the bat and can do what has to get done, he should be raking in more RBIs. Like, I just... So, I, in this case, I mean, Whit Merrifield, all-star, right? Put him in the leadoff spot. I would leave Bo second. I would... Or, Put Bowley, give him an extra at bat. You know, like I, I don't know. I, I love George Springer and I really respect what he did in the leadoff spot his entire career. But I do think if, if the Blue Jays can convince him that that's what's best for the team and that's where they want him, like George is a team guy. I don't think it's him that's holding it back. I think John Schneider just really respects what he's done and is kind of like, you know, like. Springer Bow, you haven't seen that changed much, right? Like maybe a little bit when they tried to get Vladdy going in the two hole, but so if I was to make the, the batting order, I would go Mitt Whit Merrifield, I would go Bo Bichette, I would go Vladdy Guerrero, I would go George Springer, I would go Danny Jansen in the five hole. Okay? Mm. A little bit of power there. Like then I'd go Varsho six, Chapman seven, and then whoever you got playing second base. That day, or whether it's Merrifield's in the outfield or whatever, Espinel in there. I don't know. Kiermaier batting ninth. I would, I would move Dalton Varsho up to three. Interesting. I know that's crazy. He's does. I know Joel's already taken his hat down. Uh, <laughs> I'm admittedly not a baseball expert. Um, all I heard last season was criticisms of our right-handed heavy lineup. And how a right-handed pitcher can just get comfortable, get dialed in. It's just right-handed bat after right-handed bat. And that's, that's why we need a left-handed bat is so he can get out of his groove. Well, what good is it if all of our left-handed bats are clumped together at the bottom? Put a lefty in front of Vlad. All of a sudden, Vlad's seeing a, a pitcher who's out of his groove now. Maybe that helps Vlad. Maybe Varsho, as a left-handed hitter isn't getting uh, a bullpen lefty in the seventh inning because you've got Vlad right behind him. 
I know Vlad doesn't hit the best against lefties, so that's not the best example to use, but right? we, we keep having to pull. <laughs> yes. We keep having to pinch hit for Varsho in the seventh inning because when he comes up, they, there's the lefty on the mound, and he can't hit lefties to save his life. If he's hitting third, maybe they don't put the, the, the lefty on the mound because they're like, well, we'll take our chances, yeah. give Varsho a righty because... There you go. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know. Lefty higher up. Maybe it's not Varsho, but a lefty yeah, higher up in front of Vlad. Maybe Biggio. It's absurd to say Biggio third, but I don't hate it. That's the idea. I would platoon Merrifield and Kiermaier on the one. I would go. I know this is wild. I said this at the beginning of the year. I would put Danny Jansen in the two hole because he is literally a carbon copy of Marcus Simeon. And when Marcus Simeon was in the two-hole and Teoscar was in the four-hole, Vladdy set the world on fire. So I'm By trying to way, replicate just that. One, hold your thought one there. I just want to bring this up because this is insane when the numbers were pointed out to me. Danny Jansen's last 162 compared to Marcus Simeon's is literally almost identical. And in favor now, of Danny. I know Danny has missed time in there and has dealt with injuries. But literally, he's hit, like, 32 home runs and 100 RBIs. And, like, he's right there with Simeon. When he is in the lineup, he is exactly the same as Marcus Simeon. It's the same swing. It's the same approach. It's the pull side yeah. home run, jumping on fastballs. The only guy who pulls the <laughs> and, and so it's just, like, to me, it's a, an attempt at trying to replicate 2021, where you had Teo in the four-hole, Vlad in the three-hole, Simeon in the two-hole. If you can put Jansen in the two-hole... Replica of Simeon, Vladdy in three, and then Springer four, then I feel like you're going to potentially get a similar situation. There is not a non-playoff team Joel loves more than 2021. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about, I love that team. The plus 185 run differential. Oh, my God, did I love watching that team. That team was the shit. Yeah, everybody hitting home runs. Uh, and, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, the glory days of not making the play. By applause. <laughs> Who misses the home run jacket at this point in this season? Derby. You had it for the derby. Maybe they're bringing it back. Is that I the derby? It, it was, I don't know if I missed the jacket as much as I missed the guys having so much fun. Yeah. You know, like. I, I liked it. It went beyond being a home run jacket eventually. It got to the point where pitchers were getting it. Yeah. Pitchers were putting on such amazing. Yeah, is to put it on a performance. Exactly, yeah, I was totally yeah, against that. Some... Yeah, it's tact. Absolutely, there's tact to this thing. Yeah. It can fuel you up when you're down a few runs, but if you're in a situation, there's no reason when you're in New York down 12 runs to throw the home run jacket on and act cocky in, in Yankee Stadium. That doesn't make any sense. But it can be used as this camaraderie thing. This pass. Pass it on like you're the hero today. And yeah. it's good to feel that way. It's good yeah. to have that connection. Boy, would have been nice to see in Detroit down by two, right? <laughs> Danny Jansen with two outs in the ninth, tying it up. I mean. I have a question for everybody. What broadcast was on Sportsnet? What broadcast was on Sportsnet? It was on ESPN. ESPN only. Yeah. They also said Vlad was the first Cuban-born player to win oh, the home wow. run derby. So. Yeah. Yeah. They, 
There's it was so countries. obvious they were like, <laughs> oh, Rosa Rangers winning. Just put it up. It's going to be really neat. <laughs> then they're like, oh. Quick, change the name. Good enough. <laughs> Don't worry. No one will know he's not Cuban. <laughs> Are born in Montreal. <laughs> okay, so we are going to end it here, but it doesn't mean that the Blue Jays talk needs to end. Adam and I are sticking around for a bit. Please come up, say hello. We appreciate all of you for coming out. Really apologize about the sound. I had the best of intentions for this to work incredibly well. But honestly, guys, thanks so much. Take care of yourselves. Cheers. Woo!